0: And we're back for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins,
1: and my name is Derek Diamond.
0: So we didn't get to talk about it last week, but uh, you got hitched last weekend.
1: I did. I've got the the hardware on my hand to prove it. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you to everybody, all the listeners, for all the you know the kind words and the weeks and months uh, leading up to the wedding. It I don't think it could have gone much better. The the ceremony was outdoors, yeah, as, as you know, you were a part of it. So, um, yeah, rain held off just long enough for us to get the the ceremony okay. in and, and take all the pictures we needed. Just so, in time.
0: <laughs> yeah, about 30
1: seconds after we finished, it just started pouring.
0: So, idiot but, me, <laughs> I'll tell this story. So, I wasn't there on Friday for the, uh, the the rehearsal, so I was only there on Saturday for the actual wedding. And of course, I'm one of the groomsmen, and I had to pick up, you know, Derek had to pick up my, uh, my tux and everything. And so I get in the, into the tux for Saturday. We, we do the ceremony. We get done with, um, with, you know, all the pictures and stuff afterwards. And the lady was like, uh, after we were doing pictures, the lady's like, okay, you're done. You can, uh, you know, go do whatever. And I'm like, I took that as my cue to be like, all right, time to get out of this suit. <laughs> and so I go and get out of the suit, and then I go into the reception hall. And the lady comes up to me, and she's like, uh, "You need to do the walk-in." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> what? She's like, uh, "You need to come walking into the reception with the the, the bridesmaid that you walked out with." I was like, uh, "I kind of took the suit off already, so <laughs> yeah." I
1: mean it. It happens. I'm so no, it's not, it's all good. <laughs> no, but it was, it was a fun day. So, you know, thank you for you, Wally and Angelina for making the drive and you being a part of it. So oh, it welcome. was, it was really cool. Yeah, it was,
0: it was, it was really
1: cool. Yeah, yeah, it really was.
0: It was very, uh, looked expensive. <laughs>
1: we, yes, <laughs> I'll just say yes.
0: Yeah. I can yeah. only imagine.
1: It's it's all good though yeah. <laughs> it was it was worth it
0: it was oh it was definitely worth it um yeah it was uh it was like on a plantation or something mm-hmm. there in uh in pensacola and man it was way more than i was expecting i was thought we were going to be like in a park or something
1: yeah it was uh, ba- basically the the family that owns the land like they run that that entire venue and the basically, the actual ceremony was next to a little pond lake type area that they have out there mm-hmm. um they've got a reception hall it's the the people who own it like the the house that you know we got ready in that was their house that they live in which they had that and was the,
0: the the place we got ready the room uh, it was like this upstairs loft area, like a living room with a bar and they had an n sixty four set up <laughs> on the t v and a uh, complete with goldeneye and uh Mario Kart, yep
1: had I thought about it, I would have brought the uh, the Super Nintendo or some of my old consoles, and we could have just yeah, no played some games for a bit. <laughs> that, but it but was no, it great. was yeah, it was it was a really fun day, and it, it's yeah, I we did nothing the day after. I'm like sure. I just I'm I'm still I still feel like I'm recovering from it,
0: dude. All I had to do was stand there, and I was exhausted the <laughs> next day.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great weekend though, and you know it was good to you know see some people that you know i haven't seen it in a long time our mutual friend steve wise was there it was mm-hmm. good to see him uh got to see zach dykes that you know i hosted the nerd cave with for for many years hadn't seen him in probably like two two years something like that mm-hmm. i think it was right both be- no it was right before covid started was the last time i saw him so yeah.
0: last time i saw him was on the set of uh, parker syndrome
1: yeah, that was so, yeah that's right because he person yeah yeah. Funny enough, that was one of the last times I saw him, too, because yeah. we unfortunately we don't you know, keep in contact like we used to. But, you know, life happens.
0: Yeah, that's life. Yeah. But congratulations. It was a wonderful day. And I uh, hope you two have a very wonderful life together.
1: I think we will. We're off to a great start. So yeah. it'll be uh, it, uh, there'll be more more good times to come.
0: But uh, we got some news to get to. You want to jump into the news for this evening?
1: real quick for those who are watching the video version i apologize for my camera angle <laughs> i sat down to get everything you know set up for the show and my webcam is not working yeah but so, it's,
0: it's a dramatic angle it's like it's like a dutch tilt
1: <laughs> so now you're kind of seeing you know what what's to my left normally whenever i do the show but hopefully by next week it'll be it'll be improved
0: yeah you're seeing how the sausage is made <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Of course, all of today's stories are submitted to us by you, the listeners, these uh, specifically by Mr. Armez Jackson, who has made my life so much easier the last couple of years. Uh, I am the Rampage, Jacob Craig, my co-host over on Open Micers, and of course, Nicholas Sweeney, Uh, Feeny, Nicholas Feeny, not Sweeney, not Sweeney Todd, what are we talking about here? (laughs) Uh, If you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Uh, The first story up is from GameRant.com. Sega is working on a mysterious super game project. In 2021, Sega tentatively announced its plans to produce a so-called super game over a five-year period and with virtually no information on what the game will entail in any way, shape, or form. At the time, the idea was that it would be a major stepping stone towards a better leveraging of the company's classic IPs, such as Sonic, but a recent interview shed more light on the project. Uh, Let's see. The interview consisted of three of company's higher-ups, including Executive Vice President Suji Utsumi, discussing the future of the super game. The exact nature of it it is still rather uncertain, but it seems to be a multi-platform AAA release that will seemingly play host to smaller games contained within it, not entirely like Roblox. I, this tells me nothing <laughs> this tells us nothing in this article
1: it tells us there's a game coming by yeah. Sega <laughs>
0: Sega's making a, a game a yep. super game a
1: super game yeah I'll be perfectly honest because you, Sega outside of Sonic is not really known for its franchises yeah I would love if this is just something completely new and original yeah may if you want to make a huge scale game great you know knock yourself out we haven't seen anything like that from Sega. As long as I can remember. So I, I would love if they surprise us with something that we know nothing about. It's a mm-hmm. a new potential franchise we've never heard of and gives us something new to look forward to besides I, Sonic Origins.
0: I just kind of hate that we live in a world where everybody's trying to chase that Roblox money when that is it's a phenomenon all its own. And you can't chase that type of thing. It's it has to be organic but it's been so long since Sega has really tried to do something on a large scale. And I think it's time that they should, because they do have IPs that people love and adore. You know, Sonic, Streets of Rage, things like that. I, I hope it's something that's really good. I'm just, honestly, I with these kind of headlines, I, I'm kind of just kind of hold, not going to hold my breath. Because when they say stuff like, we want to be... You know, we want to go after that. It'll be like Fortnite or Roblox. Like I'm interest, I'm like my interest level just takes a nosedive.
1: Whatever it is, if they try to go after you know the Roblox or the Fortnite crowd, they're not going to be able to get that crowd because Roblox and Fortnite already yeah. have that crowd. Yeah,
0: they've already got that crowd. So don't.
1: I I tell people this too, you know, because I've. It reminds me a couple of years ago when I hosted this podcasting panel here and someone asked me like the biggest piece of advice that I could give for starting a show is don't try and be the next, you know, Joe Rogan or Kevin Smith. Try and be the first you. Yeah, they need to try and be the first of something new because we live in an age where we get a ton of remakes and reboots. We see it in the movie universe all the time. Heck, I'm a little fatigued with the Sonic collection that's coming out, you know, and you know how big of a Sonic fan I am, but it seems like every year we get some type of Sonic, you know, compilation or whatever. Yeah. Don't, you don't have to always revert back to the tried and true formula. I know it works, but I just love if they did something new because it'll make me think of a time when Sega was, much more relevant than they are now. It
0: just always feels like people are chasing what is already popular. Like 10, 15 years ago, it it was everybody wanted to be the next WoW. Everybody wanted to be the next WoW killer. And it never really happened uh, until, you know, everything happened at Activision and Blizzard. And then everybody left and went and checked out all these other, uh, MMOs and we're like, hey, there's some pretty good stuff going on out here. We've been, you know, locked into this system for so long that everybody ignores everything that's happening. And it's the same thing here. You know, everybody wants that Roblox money. Everybody wants that Fortnite or PUBG. Like everybody's always chasing, you know, that thing that's hot at the moment instead of thinking about, well, what's next? What can we do to further this or go beyond it?
1: Yeah, it's I, don't know, I I get don't get me wrong, like I enjoy like say the new Batman that came out, you know, but again, it's going back to the same well. It's told differently, but yeah. the heart of it, it's still the same thing. I just it like to do see
0: anything it. new. Like it was cool, but there wasn't anything there I haven't seen before. <laughs> it, it
1: it wasn't a game changer by any stretch. It was a fun movie. Yeah, but. It's Batman. You know what you're going to get with Batman. Yep. I would. I would just like to see Sega do more. Is really what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. They just need to find that one thing that that'll give them that grip to come back out of the shadows. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, keeping on with the Sega discussion, this is from ComicBook.com. Streets of Rage movie adaptation coming from the creator of John Wick. An adaption of Sega's Streets of Rage video game series is currently in development. According to sources for Deadline, the project is in the works from Sonic the Hedgehog producer DJ2 Entertainment, as well as Escape Entertainment. DJ2 is also currently working on an adaptation of the video game It Takes Two. A script on spec for Streets of Rage has been written by Derek Kolstad, the creator of the John Wick franchise and writer of Nobody. That was a good uh, work... movie.
0: <laughs> I just watched I have... that not too long ago. Holy crap, that was a good movie. I still need to see it. I really want to, though. Dude, you have to. Please watch that and let me know what you think.
1: Oh, I will. Uh, his work should give readers an idea of the tone that the film might be going for, but there have been no further details about the adaptation at this time, which, of course, you know, Streets of Rage uh, debuted on the Sega Genesis in 91, a side-scrolling beat-em-up franchise. Sequels were released in 1992 and 1994. And, of course, the recent streets of rage Four, which has found strong critical and commercial success so i don't want to say we told you so (laughs) but we've been saying this for years on this show all we need is a couple of successful video game films Mm -hmm. and that's going to get the ball rolling look what happened with marvel and dc back in the day and look where well look where marvel is now yeah I Maybe this is too lofty for me to say, and you you can feel free to rein me in if I'm getting a little too crazy. (laughs) I would love if 10 years from now, the video game movie craze is near the level of the MCU.
0: (laughs) I I mean, it's possible. I mean, nobody knew the MCU was going to be as big as it was. I mean, you know, back when. I was a kid watching, you know, the Incredible Hulk movies made for TV movies. I would have never dreamed we would have had an Avengers, you know, a full on Avengers movie. And look what the MCU became. So it's not it's not impossible. And, you know, John Wick is those movies are great. So if they can and nobody is great. So if they can bring that same tone to a Streets of Rage movie, I'm down. That sounds great.
1: From what I've seen of commercials and the trailers for Nobody, it, as go long
0: ahead. as they lean into the weirdness of it. They can't just make it, you know, real world like this could happen in the universe we live in. They have to lean into the, like the total just weirdness of it.
1: I think that's going to be key for a lot of franchises if if we get more video game adaptations over the next few years. I think you have to you have to embrace the the culture of it to a point. Yeah. Like, I get that you got to make little tweaks and whatnot. I mean, they've done it with the Sonic franchise, but it worked.
0: And if they're going to do Streets of Rage, where's my final fight movie? I want to see my boy Hagger, you know, like pile driving people on screen. I want to see it. <laughs>
1: We should do uh, whenever more news comes out about this. We should do like a, a our casting choices for these characters. Oh yeah, I'm down for that. Like I, I'm just thinking, like, would you go as far as to do like '80s action style, where it's just so over the top, like a Jean Claude Van Damme?
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
1: uh, the spiritual successor to Bloodsport. You I know, love it.
0: If they did a Final Fight movie and you just slapped a, a really big, thick mustache on the John Cena and give him a, you know, a, a, a like a strap over his shoulder, I think he'd make a pretty good Hager. I think he'd do it. <laughs> yeah, I know he'd do it, but.
1: Is it crazy to think that he might be a better actor than The Rock currently?
0: I'm there. I, you're not gonna get an argument out of me. I I kind of agree with that. Just off Peacemaker alone, like yeah. If you could say, all right, you could either have Peacemaker or you can have all of the everything the Rock has ever done, and I'm gonna be like, just give me the Peacemaker. I'm good.
1: I don't disagree with you.
0: Rampage in the chat room says, uh, friggin' Ryan Reynolds will be Cody. I'm down for that. <laughs> 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 Who can play Guy? Who can we get to play Guy in Final Fight?
1: Mm, I don't know. I'll have to think about that one.
0: Yeah, I'll have to think about that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm. I'm. Give me all the the video game movies. I, I mean, unless they're really dumb. I mean, I'll watch them. I've watched worse. I, I don't think
1: it's in the the Google Doc, but. I don't know if you saw, but the Mario movie has been delayed.
0: Ah, yeah, I did see that. I forgot to put it in the, the, the yeah the, the news segment, but yeah, which I mean a lot
1: <laughs> a lot of movies have been delayed. Like Spider Verse was delayed. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, which I is unfortunate because I was actually really looking forward to that movie, but uh, yes, yeah, delayed to to April. It, the it's funny looking on Twitter because all the Nintendo haters are like, oh, Sonic scared off mario but i'm no. like i don't i don't think that's the case
0: <laughs> no no not at all i think no. that's gonna be a good movie but, well. i
1: think so too
0: uh, for the next story this is not really a story this is more of a, a kickstarter alert uh we have a a game called glory hunters a unique game boy action adventure rpg um, the, it is a Kickstarter that says help us create a game where you unlock the world by obtaining achievements for a glorious console. Are you ready for the hunt? And um, let's see. It is an all-new action RPG for the original Game Boy console where you progress by obtaining achievements that grant glory points. Um, they are the main currency within the game, and they're mainly used to open paths and move forward in this world. And uh, this looks a lot, a lot like... Legend of Zelda, if you ask me.
1: I want to say we talked about this game a few weeks ago because we brought up that same point. This, it looks very, very much like Link's Awakening.
0: I think we did talk about this because they had a $39,328 goal. They are currently at $40,319 with 27 days to go. So they've already met their goals. Good for them, yeah. I mean, to,
1: to be perfectly honest, good for them. Like, this looks like a game I would play. I mean, it's yeah, it's very Zelda like, but I mean, I'm not going to complain about that. I just hope that you know, our friends from Japan don't shut it down,
0: yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you're in the mood for a new original Game Boy RPG, head over to Kickstarter and type in Glory Hunters, yeah. That
1: there's a, uh, a trailer on the Kickstarter. Yeah, it, it looks like a fun game.
0: It does. I mean, it looks a lot like a Zelda game. And uh, I really do hope that Nintendo doesn't put the boot down, but, you know, we'll see. If
1: they did, it would not surprise me.
0: Yeah, it's Nintendo. Yeah.
1: So, this is a fun story from yeah. giantfreakingrobot.com. The Predator officially joins the Marvel Universe. Is the Predator a Marvel villain? At long last, we finally have an answer to the question we just posed, and it turns out that while Predators may not be a villain or a hero per se, they are absolutely coming to Marvel. Specifically, Marvel Comics is publishing their first official appearance of the extraterrestrial hunter in a new series written by Ed Brisson and illustrated by Kev Walker. While there is a long history of various predators being portrayed by Dark Horse Comics, this will be the character species' first appearance in Marvel Comics since Disney acquired 20th Century Fox in 2019. Given Disney's all-encompassing need to obtain all intellectual property that has ever, (laughs) it is actually a little surprising it has taken them this long to utilize the Predator. Not a partnership I would have immediately expected, but... I'm intrigued.
0: Hey, if the Predator shows up in the MCU, I'm, I'm down for that.
1: <laughs> it, for, forget King the Conqueror. Give me the Predator against the new Avengers. Uh, and, and you
0: give me an army they, of Predators against the Avengers. I'll go see that movie. I'll go see it twice in one day.
1: It's like, oh, yo, we're doing a double feature at the theater. Oh, what two movies are we seeing? <laughs> no, we're seeing Avengers versus the Predator twice. You
0: know what's funny? I just uh, I, I picked up a bunch of VHS tapes at the thrift store a couple of weeks ago, and it, Predator 2 was in that uh, pile of VHS tapes I got, and I watched it. Was it last weekend? I think it was last weekend I watched it. That movie is so much better than it does, like, that, I I feel like it didn't get the respect it deserved.
1: It didn't because people had such... People loved the first one so much that it was almost like the sequel couldn't help but be a disappointment. It it didn't have Arnold in it. It was a different story, but it worked.
0: it, It dared to do something different because if you would have just redone the same thing again... It, people would have hated it even more, but it dared to do something different and tell a different story, while at the same time expanding, you know, the the wor- that world, like the, the 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 lore of the Predator. And I'm sorry, but Danny Glover is great in that movie. He's so likable, and he, but yet he doesn't look it. But that dude is ripped. Mm-hmm. He could hang he- with Arnold. He was beefy
1: (laughs) he's still going strong too
0: he's too old for that shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and you're exactly right because it was a completely different setting because i liked seeing like what would happen if the predator invaded like a big city with a bunch of people you actually got to see the inside of the predator spaceship you saw the the skull of the xenomorph and you're just like they exist in the same universe
0: yeah like, like it's, it's,
1: there were so many cool moments in that movie.
0: And I highly recommend if anybody just kind of brushed that movie off back in the day, or if you've never seen it, I highly recommend you go back and take another watch at that movie. It's, I mean, yeah, it has its flaws. And I really think if they would have had a better director, it would have been a better movie, but it's serviceable for what it is and i you'll if you've never seen it you'll you'll understand what i mean by that like it's not as dynamic and as the original predator was because that was john mctiernan you know the man who did die hard <laughs> also like a year later like the man knows how to shoot action and do an action movie and i feel like the predator 2 was made by somebody who had never really made uh an action movie before and sort of knew how to do it, but it would have been so much better if you'd have had had so another, like, John McTiernan to come back and do that movie as well. I feel like it would have been up there with, you know, Die Hard and Predator. It would have been a much better, more loved movie.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but it's still a good movie in itself, the way it is. It's got
0: Bill Paxton in it. <laughs> I mean, being as Bill paxton yeah. Uh,
1: th- there that'd be interesting to go back and you know look at movies of that era and just think, was this as bad as you remember? because I never thought Predator Two was bad. I didn't either. It was different, but it's not bad. Like that doesn't make it bad.
0: I just remember when I saw it as a kid. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on VHS. We rented it. and I only saw it the one time, and I remember just not liking it as much as the original. And watching it again, you know, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, I really opened my eyes to, like, this was not a bad movie at all. Like, this movie deserves to be at least a cult classic status. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I would totally agree with that. No, I agree. Yeah, even Axeblade in the uh, chat room said he (coughs) he enjoyed Predator 2.
1: It's a good movie.
0: It is. Go watch it. So you're uh, up next. uh, Oh, okay. Uh, This is the last story for the night? Uh, Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Uh, From NintendoLife.com, our favorite site on the internet. Switch versions of Sonic 1 and 2 are safe as Sega plans to delist classic games. Sega Japan has provided an update on which releases of classic Sonic games we can expect to vanish on the 20th of May. So far, only 10 have been confirmed. And none of them are on Switch hardware. So you still have time to pick up those 3DS versions of Sonic 1 and 2. Here are the ga- the 10 games that we know will be removed next month. Sonic the Hedgehog for Xbox 360, uh, PlayStation Now, PlayStation 3, St- and Steam. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, will be removed from the Xbox 360. Um, uh, the PlayStation and Steam. And Sonic the Hedgehog 3... Will be removed from xbox 360 uh, and sonic and knuckles will be removed from xbox 360 and steam so you have less than uh, about three weeks to go pick these up if you have it already
1: yeah the the sonic origins upcoming compilation has yeah. caused a little bit of a stir which
0: yeah, I should have mentioned that. That the the they're doing a release called Sonic Origins and they they've got some new stuff that's going to be on it. Like they're reissuing Sonic 1 2 and 3 um a Sonic CD and they're adding like all kind of different stuff to it. Um and it's basically going to be a you know, a AAA title. It's going to be a you know, full-price game, but it's like all new stuff, but the, at the same time they're going to take all that stuff away at the same time, which I kind of don't like when they do stuff like that.
1: I don't either. It's so the compilation has Sonic one and two Sonic three and knuckles, which is the, when you would plug in Sonic three and the lock on cartridge, it combines the two games together. That's
0: the first time it's ever been offered. Isn't it? Other than the original game.
1: I can't quite remember. I believe you're right it Sonic uh, 3 and Knuckles is on Steam yeah it
0: is on Steam
1: but I can't remember if it was released on an actual like console I'm still likely going to get it for that reason so I can play it on the switch but I also don't agree with how they're handling it yeah because it's it's 40 bucks minus all the DLC so there's re there's a fully remastered versions of all the games Uh, Some kind of music, the special thing they're doing with music, um, like mirror mode. There's a couple of things that you can get through DLC. I think it's a cool collection and I get what they're doing, but I would have personally added a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, You would have taken away from the origins aspect of it, but I would have thrown in maybe like Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 or... You know, some of the lesser known 16 bit games like Knuckles Chaotix, which was for the 32X, maybe Sonic 3D Blast, like do all of the 2D Sonic games, maybe yeah. throw in the Game Gear ones. Well, I, then I, then I, I, after that, you're it's worth 40 to 50 bucks.
0: I mean, I agree 100 percent. I just feel like sometimes people just all they want is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. You know, for on Steam, like they should just go be able to get it and not have to be forced into buying a $40 game to get, you know, three or four other games that they might already have.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not condoning what they're doing by removing the games at all. Like, I think you should still be able to buy them individually if you want. I'm just saying if you're going to go out all out and make a collection yeah, then make it worth 40 to 50 bucks because it's I think it's 40 without the DLC but you can unlock at least some of it through doing certain objectives or you can pay I think it's 45 to get the DLC.
0: Yeah, we live in a weird world now.
1: <laughs> yeah, when when that came out the other day I'm like I you know me, I love <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog but I I don't I don't defend that. I
0: hate it when companies take existing stuff that's already been put out a hundred times and then they're going to quote unquote repackage it and give you like one different little thing and then charge a whole, you know, 40, 50, 60 bucks for it again. And it's like, oh, well, you can't get it anywhere else. You can only get this one certain thing. Like, stop it. Just stop doing that.
1: And how many Sonic collections do we need? Like, I feel like we get one every other year. Give
0: give us a new Sonic game. How about that?
1: I mean, they've been working on the the open world one now for what seems like forever, but it's not going to come out, I think, till next year.
0: Mm, Well, we'll see.
1: (laughs) So uh, they have that classified as an RPG. I don't know if Sonic's going to work in an RPG (laughs) setting because they tried it with the 3DS and it was eh, it was it was okay.
0: And yeah, we'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's go and move into this month in video game history. <laughs> in April of 1994, the Interactive Digital Software Association, the IDSA, is founded in response to the hearings. Uh, name changed to the Entertainment Software Association in 2003. the ITSA founds the Entertainment Software Ratings board, the ESRB, in order to self-regulate content and video games in the mold of the Motion Picture Association of America Film Rating System. And I remember when all this happened when I was a kid.:
1: Yeah, I remember seeing all the, the classic video game commercials and you know it would be rated E for everyone like the family friendly ones you'd hear at the very end rated E for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that's something I don't know why but I was always drawn to the rating whenever I would look at a box cuz like you're just drawn yeah. to that little bottom right corner and you see the it used to be kids to adults then they changed it to E then they added the E 10 plus but then I'm like so it's not for everyone. Like just say <laughs> 10 and Ten and above.
0: Well, there's nothing, especially when you know when they came out with the parental advisory stickers for music. When I was a kid, nothing intrigues a kid more than a sticker that says they can't have something.
1: Parental advisory: explicit content.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've still got several CDs that have that on there. Yep. I, w-
0: <laughs> I was still able to buy those CDs when I was under eighteen because. I knew the people that worked at the record store <laughs> so they let me buy whatever I wanted. It's good to have connections. Yeah. And uh Axplay in the chat room says, "Just give us a proper Sonic Adventure 3 Sega Jeepers."
1: Yeah, I honestly would love that. Like I the 3D Sonic games, I know we talked about this with Scott last week. They're not the best Sonic games by far, but I love the storylines for both of them. And I would have loved to have seen what they could have done with a Sonic Adventure 3. Yeah. But it just, it never happened. They moved on to Sonic Heroes and other games after that that were just okay. <laughs> But uh, to close us out for this month in video game history, April 23rd, 1995, Satellaview accessory is released for the Super Famicom, a.k.a. the SNES console, of course, only in Japan because they got all the cool stuff.
0: So the original Super Famicom had a modem for it. That's awesome.
1: A whole one megabyte of ROM space and additional five hundred and twelve kilobytes of RAM. You had that back in nineteen ninety-five yeah. and you I I've said this before, but could you imagine like trying to do this podcast?
0: Oh geez. Like it
1: like the inner the computer would just shut down. Yeah,
0: it would take like four you, months just to upload one episode.
1: <laughs> uh that would be funny. We were talking about this you know this new game that's coming out and we're like oh it's actually been out for half a year
0: and I don't I remember seeing a documentary or something on YouTube about um, I think Nintendo was actually working on a modem for the US release of the Super Nintendo and because they did something like this sort of similar for the Sega Genesis and I could not think of anything worse than trying to game over a dial up modem (laughs) in 1994.
1: You know, they did uh develop one for the GameCube.
0: Yeah. I remember yeah, that there being was an accessory.
1: Yeah, I I never had it because I didn't get high-speed internet until mid 2000s. So, it was it was not in the cards for me to have the, the GameCube modem, but from what I heard, it wasn't that great anyway, so...
0: Man, get off the phone. I'm trying to play F-Zero with my friends.
1: <laughs> Makes me think of Will Ferrell from Wedding Crashers. Bob! The Loaf! <laughs> uh
0: Before uh, we go into our review for tonight, Derek has shout out Yes, as always, we'd
1: like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. We want to shout out Daniel Salmon, uh, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mike Eveland, Jennifer Eveland, and Mr. Brandon Rutledge. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. If, you're, if you want to be a part of our Patreon, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Clue, Street Fighter the Movie, Super Mario Brothers, and more recently, Batman the Animated Series, X-Men the Animated Series. A lot of cool commentary tracks that we've done. Over the years, I that'd be an interesting like top five to do between me, you, and Wally. Our yeah. five favorite commentary <laughs> tracks that we've done because there's been that'd be a tough list because like, a would,
0: lot so far,
1: yeah. And there hasn't really been one that I've been like, man, that sucked.
0: Yeah, but well, I still been good. say my favorite one is the Super Mario Brothers, though. That's still my absolute favorite we've ever done. Uh, that one is up there. The Wizard was D- good too. I think it was the first yeah, one me and you ever did. Yeah, we did it in
1: person, too. Yeah. I drove all the way to, to <laughs> your house, and we, I think, set up, like, my laptop on a small table, and we just fired up the movie and yes, <laughs> talked we did. about it. Yeah, that was a that was a fun day. Uh, Double Dragon would be up there for me, too. Like, the movie's so bad, but the commentary was so fun because just we ripped that movie to
0: shreds so much. Oh, yeah. That movie was but yeah. so bad. You know, the, only, yeah. the only thing that made it good was making fun of it with you guys.
1: yeah. So if you want to get early access to those and just be a part of our fun Patreon community, just head over to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you prefer to go by so we can give you a proper shout out.
0: Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to brezcoffeeco.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee. Doesn't matter what type of coffee you like, they got you covered. Try the Good for Gaming Roast or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, Derek is talking about... That music is so weird. <laughs>
1: well, we're about to get weird, because this game <laughs> is very weird. So... This week, I'm going to be reviewing Glover, which is a 1998 platforming video game developed by Interactive Studios and published by Hasbro Interactive for the Nintendo 64 and Windows in 1998 and was ported over to the PlayStation in 1999. The less we talk about the PlayStation version, the better, because if you look up some gameplay of it, it looks absolutely terrible.
0: (laughs) Is this hamburger helper the game?
1: You know, I I was trying to think of where I heard of this game for the first time because I never owned it, but I did rent it from the, the local video store that that we had, you know, back in the day. And I I was trying to think, I can't remember if I saw it in Nintendo Power or if I saw a commercial. I don't think it was a commercial. It was probably just some feature in Nintendo Power. And I'm like, oh, this game looks fun. It's a platformer. I want to play it. <laughs> and i remember and i've mentioned this a couple of times you know when we talked about glover being you know brought over to steam i remembered it not really grabbing my attention because it wasn't what i expected like yes it's a platforming game but there's puzzle elements added to it and back then i just wanted to play straight up platformers like your marios your banjo kazooies where the objective was just pretty straightforward. You can just kind of run through the levels however you want, collect things, and you go on your way, and you beat be, the game.
0: I'll be honest. I have never heard of this until you talked about it a couple weeks ago.
1: Well, and when we talked about it coming to Steam, that's the first time I've even thought of that yeah. game since <laughs> I played it in
0: 1998. Might have been Axe Blade who uh, sent us the the... the the news article about it. I don't remember who sent it, but I was like this is weird. I don't remember this at all. it is a it's a very
1: odd and and quirky game, but I I'll, I'll get into the gameplay in just a bit. So the the story of the game, it takes place in a fictional land known as the Crystal Kingdom. The ruler of the Crystal Kingdom is this old wizard much like you you picture you know Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings and so he's he he has these two magic gloves that he uses to you know do spells mix potions but both gloves are sentient they're alive there's glover the title character and his twin brother so the wizard's trying to make this mixture of potions it goes wrong he gets turned to stone as a result of it and then falls through, you know, like it, this is all in like the, the top of the tower where he's mixing all these potions together in this cauldron. So he turns to stone, falls through the floor. One of the gloves falls out of the window, which is Glover. His twin brother falls into the potion and as a result becomes evil <laughs> and renames himself. He, he turns into this like green Frankenstein looking glove called cross stitch he has like red beady eyes and his mouth is stitched together hence the name cross stitch it's actually really creepy whenever you're in the main hub world the crystal kingdom every now and then you just hear this like creepy evil laugh (laughs) that overtakes the music and i like it it kind of took me back to originally playing the game which i was really surprised about because again i didn't hold very strong memories of playing it so what what you do is so the kingdom is run by these these crystals that are you know that that border the castle. When all this happens, it causes the crystals to fall out of their you know perch or whatever. But Glover uses his magic to turn them into rubber balls so that they don't break. But then they go they fall into these different portals that go to different worlds that you go through. So your objective is you have to go through each world find the rubber ball turn it back into a crystal and bring it back to the crystal kingdom and when you get all of them you restore the wizard and you fight your evil brother so your objective is you have to maneuver and carry the ball through these different worlds but the cool thing about it is you can actually change the ball into different types of balls depending on like what you need to use it for. So the the standard form is the rubber ball that much. It looks kind of like the, like the Pixar ball. Uh Uh, You can turn it into a bowling ball, which of course is stronger. You can turn it into a ball bearing, which you can use to like attract yourself to magnets. You have to do that later on in the game to get past certain objectives, or you can turn it into its crystal form which means that whatever you collect you get like it doubles your point value but of course if it gets hit it breaks so you you take your you take your risk there so there's puzzle elements that are you know prevalent throughout the game and i think that's originally why i didn't really care for it because it wasn't what i was looking for but I do have to say that going back and playing it, I have a little bit more of an appreciation for it. Like, it's still not my favorite game of all time. And I still don't... It's not my favorite, but I don't entirely dislike it like I remembered in the past. Yeah. So, the, the game itself is pretty lengthy, I feel like. There are six or seven worlds that you go through that each have six or seven different sub portions so almost like a a world 1-1 or a 1-2 so you it takes you a while to really get through the the entire game so there's there's seven including the crystal kingdom hub world there's seven there's atlantis there's a carnival world a pirate world a prehistoric the fortress of fear and the final world is a a space themed uh, called out of this world. Each world has a boss. Uh, Atlantis actually has three. You fight a whale, a crab and a flying fish. The the bosses are weird. Like this is a very quirky and weird game. And the, this creeped me out, but in the carnival world, you fight a giant clown (laughs) named clonk. So if you don't like clowns, I would, probably get somebody else to play through that for you <laughs> and then you can you can resume so uh so it, is
0: this sort of ahead. like playing it it seems like sort of a marble madness type of game
1: a little bit i that, that's actually a good comparison because I, I was trying to think of what to compare this game to because i haven't really played anything like it in the sense that like yeah there are some platformers that have a little bit of puzzle element to it. Like you could say that about some of the 3D Mario games, but not where you have to take like the game is based around you carrying this object from point A to point B and getting through all the obstacles in between. So uh, I'm I'm trying to think of a way to say this. Like because I don't want to bash the game because I have actually kind of enjoyed going back and playing it. And I know I think it was uh butcher said on twitter that he loved Glover growing up and then in in doing more research on it, I found that the game actually does have a a pretty good following and was pretty highly regarded back in the day you know like the the reception of it uh let me pull it up here real quick uh edge gave it a seven out of ten i g n gave it an eight point three uh p c zone gave it a sixty seven the one thing i will say and we've talked about this with the n64 and its graphics they don't hold up yeah especially this one like the this game was pretty ugly to to go back and look at the gameplay is still good i i like the music i don't love it but i do think it is appropriate for this world and each each world that you go to the music fits And I don't think you can ask for much more than that. And some of the puzzles are pretty creative and pretty fun and challenging kind of to the point where it's like, okay, I might've screwed it up, but I want to keep going. Yeah. So overall, you know, I, I would say it's a better game than I remember. It's still not entirely my cup of tea, which is kind of crazy to think because I love platforming games, but (laughs) I don't know. Uh, maybe it's because I didn't grow up with it, but yeah, I, I would just say it's it's okay, not a terrible game by any stretch, but I, I wouldn't call it like an absolute game changer in the in the
0: platforming world. I I, I was reading the thing here, and it said that uh, I think the reason we talked about it a few weeks ago is um, in 2017, Pico Interactive. Uh, focused on re-releasing old video games, physically re- acquired several properties from Atari, including Glover. Um, they said they're going to re-release it to Steam. And then on twenty uh, March seventh, twenty twenty-two, they announced a redone version of Glover for modern computers using the game's original source code would be released on April twentieth. So it's it's out now on uh, mm-hmm. good old Game Steam and the upcoming bleem store what is bleem they're also emulator Uh, they're
1: they're also going to be finishing the sequel that was supposed to come out for the n64 but it was never finished so that'll be it'll be interesting to see how they improve on on the original game but yeah you know overall i would say that I'm trying to think of a number score. Like I, I wouldn't give it as low as like a, a two or a three. Cause there are some people who have given it as low as that. Like it says here, despite positive reviews for the N64 version, the PlayStation version was heavily panned by critics. Matt wine of IGN gave it a terrible 2.6 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> they wrote the game looks bad in comparison to both the N64 and other PlayStation games. Uh, Miguel Lopez of Gamespot also criticized this version, stating that Glover, despite its interesting play mechanics, seems to have lost its soul in the port from the N64. I never played it for Windows, so I can't really speak on that. But I I do remember back then reading reviews of the PlayStation version and people just talking about how just atrocious it was. So yeah. I I took their word for it and never bothered to to try it, but. I, I would be interested in the sequel, you know, like since since it is going to happen, I'd be curious to see how they improve on the original version. But as far as Glover 1 still like I'm I'm not going to say that it just 100% changed my mind like I you know, did Donkey Kong Country 3 when I reviewed it a while back on the show. I still don't particularly care for it. Like it's not my cup of tea, but I can appreciate now that I've gotten older and have played it almost with a fresh set of eyes. I can appreciate what they were trying to do by adding a new layer to the platforming genre. Yeah. Even though I think it could have been done better and maybe they'll do that with the sequel. I give this game probably, I'd say between a five and a half and a six. So like it's, very average to me
0: yeah yeah i mean i don't really have too much to say about this game like it just it's so weird <laughs> i just yeah. I, you know like looking at the the at some of these uh the just the screenshots of it and and just the cover art alone just i don't know there's something about it that just it doesn't look appealing <laughs> the cover art doesn't at all
1: I mean, the whole concept is really weird of playing as a a sentient magician's glove.
0: But if this was set up like, you know, like you were talking about, like if this was more like a, a more like a marble madness type of game where you're moving the ball around with the hand, like, you know, trying to get it to go to different places and things like that, that would be interesting to me. Yeah, but I, I don't just don't know about the whole like mixing that with platforming and stuff like that that just seems I don't know like a little too little too ambitious.
1: And you can tell that they were really kind of pushing the limits of what you could do because say if you have to go up a set of steps, you can dribble the ball like a basketball or you can toss it. But at the same time I'm like I don't want to toss it because it's going to go over the edge and then You know, I'm going to have to go back and find it again. Yeah. So I, I liked the ideas that they came up with. I just felt like maybe they were a little bit too ahead of their time. Like I, I could have seen this maybe being more successful for the GameCube or the Wii.
0: Yeah. And this seems like it would make like a decent, you know, phone game or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I could definitely see that, but I'll be interested in the sequel for sure. So hopefully they, you know, do what, what I just said and expand, expand upon what they did with the first one and maybe clean it up and make the, the gameplay a little bit better. But I, I didn't hate the game. So I, I, I think I was going to surprise people by saying that, like, I'm not going to come on and just rip the game to shreds. Cause I've said that, you know, when I initially played it, I didn't care for it, but it's it's not a bad game like maybe if i had grown up with it and actually liked it back then i would have a bit of a different opinion on it but in going back and playing it with a fresh set of eyes i'd say it's a it's an average platformer but i i would recommend if you're intrigued enough by it then don't don't just assume it's going to be bad you should try it out for yourself and i say that about most games yeah try it out for yourself and form your own opinion on it
0: and even at the time this wasn't even aimed at you know at me because i was 21 years old at the time this was not like anything i would have remotely wanted to play at that time
1: yeah and see i was i would have been 12 when this came (laughs) out so i i was like maybe right on the edge of the appeal
0: yeah but that's cool though. I mean, you you didn't hate on it. So, yeah. I think a lot of people in our Discord are like Whoo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, I said you you guys might be surprised at my thoughts on it. So, no, I I didn't hate it. Like there there are fun elements to it. Like it's a it's an interesting quirky universe that that they built. Yeah. Very very strange, but Yeah, it it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of these games, especially for the Nintendo 64, I don't know what they were thinking with a lot of the cover art for these games cuz they just a lot of those games just did not have good cover art.
1: No. And, and this is a this isn't one that does have good cover
0: art. Uh, it just looks it looks like a bad photoshop job. And you and you're, you don't even know what you're looking at. Like what is this?
1: This would have been me playing around with Photoshop in college.
0: Yeah, it looks very even. Even at the time, I mean, Photoshop was what like three or four years old at this time. Like, mm-hmm. it still looks like amateurish, like like a seventh something a seventh grader would have made.
1: Now you're giving me flashbacks to using <laughs> CS5 in college. No kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's going to bring us to the end of the episode
1: yep yeah that's my uh that's my thoughts on Glover
0: and uh next week, I think I'm finally going to do Wizards and Warriors for the NES because I've been kind of off and on playing that game for for a while now and just never got around to playing it enough to actually warrant uh reviewing it so I think I'm finally just gonna just jump in and play it and review it next week. I've been wanting awesome. to do it for a while, because eventually I want to get to Iron Sword so we can talk about uh, Fabio being on the cover of an NES yes. game. <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, that, that's worth the discussion alone.
0: I wonder how many 80s uh, moms in the 80s bought Iron Sword thinking it was a, a, a romance novel.
1: We're gonna have a huge increase in the female demographic <laughs> when we do that review.
0: Absolutely, Fabio. You know he's still the hot thing. <laughs> Should
1: try and interview Fabio.
0: Oh yeah, we can get him on the show. Be like, so what yep. was it like being on Iron Sword? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be great.
0: But uh, but yeah, that's gonna bring us to the end of the episode. So what's going on with uh, the feature presentation? coming up
1: so So, i i mentioned it at the end of last week's show but it will be relaunching may 16th which will be on a monday and something i'm gonna try out and i'm a little nervous about it but i'm also excited i'm gonna do the show live every week like we do nerd cave retro like you do open micers it's gonna be live every monday night at 8 p.m central time so i've got the uh, first three weeks booked so Stay tuned to social media at Feature Press Pod to find out who those guests will be. And then uh, I guess I can go ahead and announce this. Uh, there's going to be a, a cool uh, arts and film festival in Pensacola called uh, Gulf, Coast, Gulf Coast Feature Fest, I believe is what it's called. I, know um, I read it I,
0: the other day, but I don't remember the name of it
1: yeah i'll I'll look it up real quick just so I don't butcher the name. but um I'm gonna be uh, at the festival promoting the podcast., uh, it's gonna be may twenty first in downtown Pensacola. So cool. I'll be there uh, probably doing some interviews and uh, yeah, just you know, getting letting everybody know that the the show is relaunched. And what I'm gonna be doing is Monday, I'm gonna put out like a mini episode, kind of fully explaining the differences and you know what I was doing a couple of months ago, as to what I'm doing now, because the show is going to be different, yeah. but uh it, it will be, I think, better in the uh, in the long term. So,
0: cool, can't wait so, for the so return.
1: It, it feels weird because I know the show's been done since early March, but I feel like I haven't done that show in like a year. I
0: know. it feels like it's been a while. It, it really has. Uh, For the Open Micers podcast, last week we talked again with uh, Laura Faye Smith. I didn't get to talk to her the first time. Derek did, because he replaced me on that episode of Open Micers. But this last week, I got to talk with her, and we did uh, Easter candy tasting, and she made fun of me. So go listen to that episode.
1: Yeah, it was... uh, It's up there with the best episodes that, that you guys have done. Like It was way i won't say i was way better than i expected because i knew it was going to be great but when you think of just people eating candy you're like what's going on there but it's it's really entertaining so i would recommend that everybody go check that I feel out like
0: that was one of the best episodes we've ever done and we hit a new level on that episode for some reason so like we have to maintain that level of comedy throughout each episode
1: you're Gonna have to do once a month candy tastings.
0: Yeah, I I'm down for that. <laughs> and we yeah. can send Jacob into a, you know, diabetic shock.
1: <laughs> oh man. I love <laughs> that kid. <laughs>
0: but uh coming up this week, we just recorded earlier tonight. It'll be out this Friday. We did a pop culture palette reunion with Mr. Wiley Phelps and Miss Steffi Lou Hu, And that was a such a fun episode to do. And I think I think we maintain the level of of, of humor for that episode. So go check it out at open micers on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Well, it was for also a pretty special occasion for the open micers. Wasn't it?
0: 100 episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't know a hundred episodes it, is a big deal. I didn't think we'd make it past 10 and here we are at a hundred.
1: No, I think that's just a testament to the fact that, you know, you guys have been doing the show pretty much every week since you started it. Yeah, so
0: we, I don't think we've stopped. I don't think we've taken a week off since we started.
1: So, a no, hundred episodes is is a huge deal. And so, congrats to to you and Jacob for that, because I know you guys have, you know, you've done a great job with putting a good show together. So, well, thank you. All the all the the praise in the world. Uh, real quick the the festival I was talking about is Gulf Coast Culture Fest. Okay, yeah. So. Awesome. Check that out on Facebook.
0: Fantastic. Well, um, I think that's gonna close us out. Is there anything else before we walk out the door?
1: No, just uh sign the Hedgehog two will be out on Paramount Plus May twenty fourth. Wow. So I will I will probably <laughs> try and take a sick day.
0: Yeah, Derek's not going to work that day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I told Samantha, I'm like, worst case scenario, I'm watching it as soon as I get home.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way is fine. But uh, yeah. if you stay home, then you could watch it and then take a nap and then wake up and watch it again.
1: You would be, you'd probably be embarrassed to host a podcast with me if I told you how many times <laughs> I've actually watched the
0: first movie. Uh, Axe do you have, you haven't seen the original or two? Because he's saying he still needs to see it. He's a slacker. I hope he just means. Uh, part two. Oh yeah part two yeah it's good. Uh, go see it
1: and to answer his question uh the game is as weird as Crispin Glover
0: <laughs> go ask your uncle kids who Crispin Glover <laughs> is <laughs> uh but let's go ahead and get out of here what do you say Let's do it. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And, of course, we're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We have merch for sale at ncrmerch.com. We have T-shirts, mugs, bags, magnets, stickers, whatever you want, coffee mugs so you can drink that B-Res coffee out of. Just go to ncrmerch.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash Nerdcave Retro, where this show is here because of you, the lovely patrons. Thank you so much. And head over there. Give us a little money every month. If you can't do that, I understand times are tough. Go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: Never rub another man's rhubarb.
1: (laughs) You blew it!